Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. I'm Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Law. Got Lavender Gooms here. Merry Christmas and second day, happy second day of Kwanzaa. It's not Christmas either, but sure. You're, you felt the need to be accurate about Kwanzaa part. The whole week of Christmas, you can say Merry Christmas. Mike making up rules. Uh, got DJ Mark here. What's up? And, of course, we have Lavender Goo... Not Lavender Goo... We have uh, Kid Presentable with us as well. hey Here with the crunchy and the slurping of my dog eating dinner. Right on, boys and girls. Um, welcome to our show. A little bit uh, random time for us. Uh, have holiday to be, edition. Uh, holiday edition. Um, which, folks, I'm just going to let you know, we're recording right now, Thursday, December 27th. I really don't see us recording again next Monday. So you might this might be it for like ten days, but also because also exactly it's Monday is New Year's Eve, and I got nothing to do, but we're still not recording. Um, this is also uh, the drunk cast edition of It's an Amazing Radio. I'm enjoying some Green Label soda on the rocks. Mike, what are you enjoying? I'm enjoying Oban Little Bay on the rocks. Uh, straight, very like nice, man. like a man. Uh, no, uh, no love for the proper. What the hell is Connor's stuff called? Proper, proper 12. Are you drinking the proper 12? Does anybody have any proper 12? I have some proper 12, but I do not want it right now. Oh, it's, it's the liquor of losers, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. We, we all got real Jamaican. We got Mark and Steph on here sober because they're, they're, uh, they're good Christian boys and they don't do alcohol. It's holiday edition. Exactly. Everyone, it's loosey goosey show. That was, a ri- a that was a real lazy young buck jokes, young's buck jokes. That was, young, I'm, I've had three sips. I already sound drunk. Real lazy young bucks joke that maybe four people will understand. Um, all right, guys. Um, I was I put it on Twitter at uh, when I was ta- announcing that we're not recording on Monday night. That I was pretty happy that we weren't. We weren't. We that we weren't because I was not terribly excited to talk about all this bullshit with John Jones. Um, I'm not. I mean, the card got moved. That's everybody knows that at this point. I was kind of hoping by the time we got to today, we get some clarity, but uh, we somehow got farther away from clarity. Um, so this is my general understanding of what happened. And if it's not a hundred percent right, well, you know what, man, no one's making any sense. So I did my best. Um, so on Monday we get the news we're moving this card, or Sunday I think they announced we're moving the card. Uh, Monday Dana White's like, look, man, John Jones had a little bit of peak, had some picograms of. Uh, Terenabal or something in his system but you know we think that's from 2017 like it's still in his system for the last 18 months and everybody's like oh what um and he's like let's never forget that the one thing people who lay down a shit ton of money to fly to vegas get a hotel room at vegas the thing they want to hear as to why the main focus for their trip just got moved uh, maybe 700, what is that, 400 miles away? Yeah, about 300, is, 400 miles, we, yeah. We think 
it was the same sample what? from a few years. Well, well, no, no, they're not the same sample. They're saying the same stuff that was in the system from before just happens to still be there 18 months later. And it's just so little amount, just a, a few picograms. And according to Dana White, all the experts are like, hey, man, like, it's all cool. You know, all tests, you know, all the tests were negative. He got a positive test on December 9th. And it's, that shit's from 2017. It's worth mentioning December 9th is when they found out about this. Um, and then today we send, uh, they send Jeff Nowitzki, the golden snitch, as some people call him, the star fucker, as Lance Armstrong calls him, Barry Bonds calls him the guy who was digging through my trash can. Um, Jeff Nowitzki, UFC employee goes on Joe Rogan's podcast, also a UFC employee and explains like John Jones took all these tests, man. And contrary to what Dana White said, August 29th, he had eight picograms of that shit. September 18th, he had 19 picograms. And then after that, a bunch of ne- a bunch of negative tests. Um, so the story on Monday, everything was clean since uh, everything was clean until the December 9th test. The uh, the story today, um, we tested positive in August, but we've been investigating for five months. And it's worth mentioning, right after he tests positive in August, UFC announces that they will not be announcing drug test failures until cases have been set, have been uh, played out entirely, which at the time, everybody's like, man, good move UFC. Um, right now, we're all sitting here like, oh, this is why they announced that. Um, eight picograms, 19 picograms. This is what you need to know. Frank Mir had less than that. He got a two-year suspension. Tom Lawler had less than that. He got a two-year suspension. Tim Means got a reduced suspension and spent $200,000 of his money trying to get this thing, trying to uh, argue with USADA. Um, they said, no matter what happens, even if it's a contaminated supplement, you're responsible for what's in your body. Um, so my position on this is it doesn't really matter to me if John Jones is a cheater or not at this point. Um, for the record, I'm going probably, all right? But the larger problem here, Steph, in my opinion, is that these rules are just applying to people differently. And it's something that Mark Hunt pointed out when the Brock Lesnar shit went down. And we went through this shit when Vitor Belfort was able to fight John Jones while being, while being juiced to the tits. Um, the rules seem to not apply the same across the board. That, that is my issue with it. Um, what are your thoughts on, I guess, my argument and in general, the clusterfuck that has been the last week for the UFC? Um, I mean, to you what you're saying, I, 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 call me apathetic i'm not surprised when have the rules ever been consistent in anything i think we're pretty well versed in the world the world's not fair nothing's ever fair if it's not racism then it's moneyism and it just comes down to who's making money and do they want to keep making that big money because that's all this is um do i care if john joe's cheated or not no but you know I've, i've taken that unpopular stance for a while is i don't care if he cheats i want to see them dingers um sorry my dog is humping her bed but you know it's that new year's it's a festive spirit so um that's happened in the background in case you hear it but um yeah jones cheated whatever i i don't care he he's the greatest I, you know i'm the one who champions he's the greatest fighter of all time with no asterisk I'm, I'm i'm allowing him to cheat i feel bad for the fans and the people on this one um the other fighters uh you know if you're following the saga one of the big key differences of the location is california has got some of the highest income tax in the nation it has the highest 
income there tax in the nation. Versus Nevada's none. So <laughs> that's how big of a jump we're going from is they were not going to be taxed. And, you know, like you can't just pay them more on their income because that just gets taxed, mm. you know. And it, it, it's absurd because it's for one guy. They did this all for one guy. This benefits no one else on the card. This benefits none of the fans. Family who is traveling, people who booked accommodation. It's like you. They gave them. I mean, we will, maybe Bobby will go into detail, but they they fucked up reselling the tickets. Ooh, to they the fucked it up. <laughs> but like, that's not a benefit. You're giving me the chance to buy tickets again. That doesn't accommodate me for anything. Like. You should have given me tickets. You yeah. know, I, mean, I shouldn't have to buy anything. You know, when when Donald Glover broke his foot, he didn't make me re-buy tickets. He said, you have a ticket, we'll honor that. The ticket you have will be honored at the new date and time, you know, like... And, that's, and that was in the same venue. That was upsetting when I didn't have to do anything different. It's a bl- couple blocks away from me. But this is a different... I mean, people live in Vegas, sure, but more people fly into Vegas... This time of year, it's probably you're doing it as a holiday destination. Hey, guys, for Christmas or for New Year's, I got us tickets to the big UFC card. You know, like, that's who I feel bad for. And that's who no one seems to be apologizing to, to be honest. Oh, um, no, my, my Stefan, my favorite part of this was, uh, yeah, you said it, just the fucking ticket thing, man. We're like, I told you guys, we're like, they... they they gave everybody a code. They, they wanted to make a pre-sale code for the people who had tickets to the other one. Which, as Stefan put it, why the fuck do they have to buy tickets again? But anyway, um, the pre-sale code was not user-specific. Meaning, there was one code for everybody. And everybody had the code four minutes after the pre-sale launched. Because it was on Twitter. And it was the word champs. Um, to be clear... The UFC is perfectly capable of having user-specific codes because, as I told you, Steph, we when you sign up for the UFC's bullshit fight club thing, they give you a user-specific code. Um, and then we got this thing with the fighters. You mentioned the taxes. People ask Dana White, like, hey, man, the fuck with these taxes? And they have to pay all these new medical fees to get to go through the licensing in California now. Dana White goes, who's going to who's gonna pay my income tax in California? And then the crowd at the Marriott booed wow. the shit out of him. Um... And he's like, we're all losing money on this. No, you're fucking not. Because the motherfucker said they almost sold out goddamn forum. All right? Like, Mike? Like, again, like, what's the point of the, of the USADA at this point? There's no, there, it's, it seems like we're just wasting our time. If they weren't going to create an independent, if it wasn't going to be truly independent, I mean, do you think the UFC should let this Mark Hunt lawsuit just go out, play out, or they should cut him his check right now? <laughs> basically like what 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 the fuck i'm sorry i was putting on a sweater where you were you directing that question towards me bobby mark you go for it <laughs> uh yes um i mean f- for me the the whole thing with jones i mean i guess when i kind of think about it it's just like the slippery slope kind of scenario like like you're talking about if they're not going to abide by their own rulings where i, I guess depending on his levels earlier on this should have been you know, nipped in the butt earlier. And I think like Stefan was alluding to, and my stance on this really is just that, you know, if the athletic commission isn't going to allow Jones to fight in the state, just don't have him fight. You can still have this card without Jones. They've canceled a lot of main events. And thinking about this in my head, I just kind of think like, I wonder if this is like a Dana White, whoever manages the the actual company kind of 
deal they struck is like, Dana, we're getting on ESPN. This card can't get canceled. No main event getting canceled. Make it work. And he's like, gets this you know, shit on his plate. And he's like, I got to shuffle decks around and get this to work. And somehow they land in this scenario where they're allowed to do it in California and they move the whole show there. It's just, it's, it's really ridiculous. It's crazy to think this is what came of that failed drug test. When so many times before it's just been like, you got to cancel the fight, you know, Jones can't fight. Maybe he didn't even test positive. The commission just won't allow him. So it's like, you know what? Unfortunately, unfortunately we have to cancel that fight. He'll get on another pay-per-view. The show will go on because it's a good card. Even without it, you know, it will take a bump in buys, I'm sure. But really, you know, kind of what this whole conversation has been alluding to, it's about who's benefiting from this. And when Stefan says, you know, no one's benefiting from this, really the only people are the brass is hoping they're banking on this benefiting them. They're banking on not canceling this card is going to still generate so much money that it's going to be worth whatever they're going to lose in taxes and the gate being smaller and all this stuff they're banking on that if they canceled this fight, they would make less money than them keeping the fight and moving the circus down the road and just facing the consequences that that um, action has. I mean, and the only other person that benefits is John Jones, right? He wanted this fight. His test is not allowing him to fight in the uh, commission that he was originally slated to fight in. And the brass is, you know, moving mountains to make this fight continue. So I just think it's really, it's benefiting the the, the brass because they think they're going to make m- more money off this. It's going to be worth the, you know, bad press and all that. And it's benefiting Jones and everyone else is getting left by the wayside. And it's just a really, you know, w- we've talked negatively about the new management a lot. And this is kind of the most blatant, uh, fuck everyone else that's involved. We just care about the bottom line. And if we have to move the circus, which is what the UFC has become more and more of, uh, you know, in these last couple of years, they're going to do that because, you know, it's about the bottom line for them. And it has been since they got the company. What's, yeah, what's really crazy. What's really crazy, though, is that they've known about the first failed drug test since about last au- this past August. Right. Mm-hmm. And that would mean that they, they have known for a while we may this fight might not be able to happen in Las Vegas. And even with the months of them knowing this potentially. They still found some way to to bungle moving this to LA. Mike, remember this means the, that remember Mike, for a while it may have to move to LA. Mike, do you remember they almost tried? They wanted to John Jones to fight on the New York card. Do you remember that shit? They tried to yeah. book this card once and fight once there too. It's by the way, I'm just putting this out there. All these fighters complaining about them finding out on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, well, Steph, I agree with Steph that like you know they got fucked here. I would just like to know how many of them signed their project spearhead card. When Leslie Smith was out there fucking dying for your son sins, trying to get your motherfuckers unionized. I just want to know if any of them signed it. Just that's it. And if they didn't, well, here's what fucking happens when you have no say in your career. When they insert shit into your contract and say you have to sign it and agree to this drug testing. This is what happens when they just move you to another fucking state. Where if you're getting paid like Chris Cyborg's getting paid, you have to give the state of California 13.3 goddamn motherfucking percent. So I'd like to know if anybody signed the union card, the fighter association card. I'd just like to know. Just one of them. If one of them did. Just putting that out there. Um, Mike, we got the UFC moving fucking mountains for John Jones. Um, real briefly, I just want to juxtapose this with the fact that UFC announced that in March, Kamaru Usman is going to fight for the welterweight championship. Um, against the welterweight champion, Tyron Woodley? Maybe. 
Um, he may be stripped if he doesn't accept this fight. Um, Tyron Woodley defended his belt in September. He knocked a man out. Um, do you guys remember if he knocked out Till in the first or second round? And by knocked out, I mean he knocked him out and then he choked him out. He did both those things. I honestly don't remember. First or, third round. first or second round, probably. He dropped him, broke his fucking hand, choked him out in September. Now, he, they might strip him. Uh, Mike? She just compare these two scenarios for me and explain what's going on. Well, there's one thing we've learned from this. It's not a black thing because he's moving mountains and mountains and molehills to accommodate John Jones, who frankly has dicked him over in the past. Whereas, you know, uh, Woodley has has been, you know, he's been an active fighter when he's been able to outside of when he's injured. Um, I think the main difference you're probably looking for, Bobby, is that John Jones actually sells. I, by the way, people who are saying that like Covington is getting screwed in this, um, look, he probably deserves a title shot, but the man went on, went on the internet this morning and called the grown man a cuck. So, uh, he has vacated the right to any sympathy. Just to make uh, sure, a, a cuck, that's uh, short for cuckold, right? Yes, that is what okay. the, that is what the people who support the president like to call people who don't. Or minorities, or women, or people of color. Just people wait like. a second. Isn't that someone whose wife has cheated on them? It's not just that they cheat on you. It's that it's cheated on them. Is that? Isn't it that you watch? Is that part of it? I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. Stefan, um, Mike threw me off the fucking thing with the fucking. What, what, a, what, a, what a sudden! What a sudden debate topic. Yeah. Um, makes no sense. Let's just fucking get into it, man. Um, I mean, let's just get into it. And uh, the people, you know, I'm, I, I promised our buddy Max I'd say this. Um, Leota Machida got two years for something that doesn't affect you. It has no impact on you. It is scientifically proven to th for that. And he had a tiny amount of it in his system. He got two years for that. Um, Steph, let's just get into the fucking picks. And let's just start picking this card. Um, let's just lead off with the main event. Um, I'm going to say that... I think it'd be good for everybody except the UFC if John Jones lost, including John Jones. Um, who do you think is going to win? <laughs> you are talking to yourself, sir. There we go. Uh, to kick it off for you guys, um, the betting line on this fight is John Jones as about a two and a half to one favorite uh, at minus 265. To Alexander Gustafson's uh, plus two two forty five, and so Jones is the second biggest favorite, I believe, on this card. So we have a fairly competitive card betting line wise. Um, but that said, what ounce of evidence on God's green earth do I have to pick against John Jones in a fight? Um, this man is winning, and he's going to laugh at you while doing it. He's going to do it unapologetically. Um, I believe I said heard in his interview. He said everyone he's talking to has forgiven him, so he doesn't have a he didn't even have man doesn't even have a guilty conscience going into this fight. This man is clean as a whistle, and he's gonna beat Gus. Uh, though in my heart, I want the chaos scenario. I want Gustafson to win. I want Gustafson to win, and I want him to chew everyone out in his post fight victory speech. 
but it's probably going to be another dirty John Jones victory. I'm just putting this out there. If we never got resolution on this, we have a very close match, close standings here, and this is the final card of the year. Should we have a tiebreaker, and should it be when we think this fight ends, regardless of Alec? When the when is the end of the fight? We'll we'll come back to that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, if, see um, we'll see if Mike has any courage in his other picks on this card. Um, so geez. what I'm actually doing right now, um, so that way I'm not influenced by any of uh, Bobby and Steph's picks. I am placing what my picks are right now, so that way I can't go back. No backsies. I uh, see. I have to be absolutely based on what you guys fucking do. <laughs> um, Mike, who do you got in this one? <laughs> I got to make up a oh, fucking ground. I, I hadn't gotten to Jones and Gustafson, but. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's pre-made all his picks except for the first one. Except for the first fucking, come I was, on. <laughs> I, I, was, I was starting from Megan Anderson and going up. But, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I'm picking Jones in this fight. And the reason why I'm picking Jones in this fight is that Gustafson did really well in, in the last fight. Um, arguably, you could say that he won the first three rounds. But one thing about Jones is that um, all the steroid stuff aside, he is very intelligent in the octagon. And things that Gustafson was catching Jones with in the first fight, uh, by the fourth and fifth round, Jones had you know articulated a defense against it. And... You have to assume that with five, six years of more experience, and I would hope he's a bit more cerebral, at least when it comes to fighting, that while Gustafson has, I guess, gotten better, I don't think he's that different of a fighter as he was um, four or five years ago. So I'm going to pick Jones in this fight, and I'm going to go, I guess, a bit out on a limb and say it won't be a close decision this time. Um, people who don't remember the first fight, it was the greatest light heavyweight title fight anybody's ever seen. Um, arguably the greatest title. Oh, no, there was better title fights. Um, John Jones, I believe, uh, lost round one, won round two, lost round three, was losing round four. And then with about a minute left in the round, guys, correct me if I'm wrong. He hit that spinning back elbow, which he just dug deep and got it and almost finished Gus. So won the fourth round and then won the fifth round with a 3-2 uh, scorecard for most people. Some people gave the first three to Gus. Um, we always talk about how we like to see guys battle back from adversity. This was that moment for John Jones. Um, based on who you listen to, he did not train very hard for this fight. Steph, if you remember correctly, we all laughed at the commercials because they were just like, this guy's tall too. He might win. Um if I remember, the tagline was greatness within reach. Um, I'm going John Jones because it's not just that I I think Gus did as well as he was going to do in the first fight. It's that Gus has taken some ass whoopings. Like, DC beat and him almost killed each other. And Rumble smoked him in front of his people. And it's really hard to put Gus away. Really, really hard. He'll lose a fight, but it's very hard to put him away. But I got to go with Jones here, even though I don't know when was the last time he fucking fought. So, my, Mark, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm going with John Jones as well. I'm mostly just interested to see, I mean, after this whole circus, you know, leading up to the fight, I'm really just interested to see what this, where this guy's at right now. Um, you know, after this layoff, after more 
theatrics outside of the octagon, which I think at this point is really just second nature for him. I have I have to imagine that moving locations is really not that big of a deal mentally for this guy because he's dealt with so many weird scenarios in the past. Um, I'm just interested to see how he's going to fare against Gustafson after a long layoff. You know, we saw when he came back against OSP, he didn't look great. You know, um, some people do have a little bit of ring rust. I'm just interested to see where John Jones is because let's you know, let's face facts here. Seeing this guy actually performing the octagon is somewhat of a rare treat and might become even more rare in the you know years to come. Mark, as Mark, do you think there's going to be a fight actually? I think the fight's going to go through. Yeah, on Saturday. Yeah. How, I, I how, 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 how confident are you? Um, I, I mean, leading before this week, I was really confident that nothing was going to happen. You know, all this stuff kind of blindsided me. So at this point for me to be dubious after I've done so much, I would be I would be surprised unless a new test came out. that was like, oh, no, he's like peaked in such an insane way that we can't even downplay this. We can't spin the story that it's micro pico levels that are, you know, so much millionth of a grain of salt in a giant sea of whatever bullshit you're spinning. Um, that's the only reason where I could see, or he doesn't make weight, you know what, never mind. Even he doesn't make weight by 20 pounds, that fight will still go on. So I really, at this point, there'd have to be some kind of weapon involved, brass knuckles <laughs> or a knife, you know. So yeah, I don't, I don't foresee this fight not happening. And I ultimately do see John Jones winning the fight. But I'm just interested to see how he performs because two things, you know, how does he do after another long layoff? And two, let me just soak this in because... Is however I feel about his antics outside of the octagon, which we've all discussed for many years doing this podcast. He is a talent that is, you know, maybe of the highest caliber that we've seen in this sport. He could easily be the greatest mixed martial artist. And we don't get to see him fight often because of his own personal, you know, mentalities and decisions he makes outside. So let's just hope we get to see this fight. He gets performed all roided out. And ultimately, I think, you know, if I'm thinking long case, where does this all ultimately lead? You know, 1FC is making a lot of big pulls, and I don't know what their drug test policy is. It could be a match made in heaven. I wouldn't mind seeing John Jones in Japan and just not to deal with this anymore and just see it <laughs> play and jumping around and soccer kicking people and being roided up. It could be a fun time. Marcus, I think this week has taught us they will sooner stop drug testing everybody before they let John Jones leave this company. I mean, maybe that wouldn't be so bad, too. We get a bunch of roided-out guys that are fighting every three oh, months. I think no we do. We, getting, uh, no one's getting yeah. injured. It could be a utopia for the sport that ESPN so desperately will need. Um, so, everybody, for John Jones, co-main event. For some reason, the UFC's got a dominant bantamweight champion, and they're like, hey, man, it'd be really cool if the featherweight champion who has nobody who fought to fight just batters her for 25 minutes. Or maybe it doesn't happen. Um, Marcus, I'm going to go right back to you. Amanda Nunez, um, who, I'm going to put it this way. If Amanda Nunez wins the fight, she's definitely the greatest female fighter of all time. Um, Undoubtedly. Taking taking on Cyborg Santos, which I, she's still not beating anybody of, that's her size on any level. And this won't change that, but I don't know, man. What do you got? Cyborg, Amanda, Steph, what's the betting odds? Mm Mm-hmm have um i believe it's something close to the last fight we have plus 215 amanda nunez to minus 235 cyborg so slightly closer odds than jones gus marcus go ahead yeah i i mean i think this is a pretty lopsided logical pick you know unless you're picking with your heart or you're really just pulling for amanda nunez you know i think on paper it's extremely difficult to pick against chris cyborg um, her record speaks more than just the numbers that you see there. She has dominated a field that, you know, you, you can point to not a lot of competition, not high level caliber, ca- caliber athletes 
at that weight class that have really been able to challenge her. And the few that she's fought against, you know, she didn't have an easy walk through Holly Holm. You know, she's had some fights where she had to push out, but she's never been, you know, really defeated since I think it was her first MMA fight. I don't think anything's going to change here. This fight, really sadly for Amanda Nunes, has been in the making since I first saw her fight. Her first strike force fight, she beat some girl in like 20 seconds. And they're like, whoa, you're amazing. When are you going to fight Cyborg? And she's like, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? Give me a couple of fights. Many years later down the road, they finally are going to um, cross paths. I mean, what an upset victory it would be for Amanda Nunes. And I wouldn't put it past her to be able to get it done. Um, but I'm not just I'm not I'm not, I'm not just looking at Chris Cyborg as just a dominant female athlete um, that's just you know cleared out this division. Um, she's gotten better. She's improved as a fighter. And these last couple, her Very stint true. in the UFC has really showed a matured Cyborg. That even though she's just mopped the floor of the competition, there's really no one challenging her or even anyone that people get really excited about. I think Holly Holm was probably the closest we came to that. Um, she's been getting better, and she's smarter fighter than she, she's a smarter fighter now than she was. Five years ago, she's really been improving. I've really been impressed with her. To see her drop a fight to Amanda Nunes um, this coming weekend would be spectacular. You know, I think as long as we have a competitive fight, that would be interesting enough. If Cyborg is just too big and just, you know, demolishes Amanda Nunes, which I think is a, is a reality that we could face, that would be kind of sad because it would really just show us, like, there's no point to this. She's too small. No one can fight Chris Cyborg. And we're just kind of in this field where it's just like, yeah, she's the best, but she has no interesting challengers. So what do you do with her? Um, it'd be a fantastic, you know, Cinderella story for Amanda Nunes to to come out here and, and get a victory. I think it's possible, but the margin is very small for her to be able to do that. Um, Cyborg uh, last fought Yana Kunitskaya, who, which wasn't a real fight. Before that, she fought Holly Holm, which, Marcus, I've told you multiple times, I have no memory of what happened in this fight. But apparently, Cyborg on one judge's score on two judges' scorecards lost two rounds, and on one judge's scorecard lost one round. Um, Mike, do me a favor, mute your microphone. Um, so we got here, her and Amanda. Amanda's beaten everybody. Um, I've said it before. I don't need Cyborg around. This is the last fight on her contract. Um, I she doesn't really do anything for me. Because I kind of got annoyed when she tried. She wanted to call INS on Megan Anderson, which was very strange. Um, I, I got to pick her to win, though. I mean, I agree that Amanda has a better chance than Alex. Because I see in my head the scenario where Amanda Nunez is just active enough and she's faster than Cyborg. And she, you know, she's managed to, and Amanda's managed to manage her wind much, much better her last few fights. I see the scenario where, like, I see the, pus, I see the, in my head, how it works out if she wins, but I still got to go with Cyborg. There's, it's like John Jones. There's not a reason to pick against him. Stefan? Hmm. Amanda Nunes. We play to win. Stefan! The ball's so big, I can hear him clanging together from here. We play uh, to win, baby. Amanda Nunes, it's, it's a weird reason why I, I've been increasingly in my head. I've been wanting to pick her going into this. And it's because her wifey keeps on winning. And there's something about it. it was, these two got some magic going on. These two just keep fucking winning. This is a power couple in women's MMA right now. And, like, I keep picking against her wifey. I've kind of, you know, I picked, you know, Shevchenko to dethrone. It just doesn't happen. So, yeah, Amanda Nunes, uh... She's fighting for goat status too, so why not seize the fucking day? 
her fights, it seems like, honestly, Mike, that Amanda turned a corner and, like, she was good, but the fights have, like, she's, I mean, short of the Valentina Shemchenko fight, which I think we all thought she won, but, like, all the other fights, she's just wrecking fools. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's that some athletes, sometimes something just clicks and, you know, they just find another level or they figure out exactly what it is that works for them. Uh, with some people, it'll be maybe middle middle of the road type of guys. I mean, there was a stretch when we thought Matt Brown was going to be, you know, was a was a top five welterweight. I mean, that was a weird time. It happened with with Rafael dos Anjos as well, uh, and it's happened with Amanda Nunes. Um, what, what was her last loss against Kat Zingano? And that was a fair amount of years ago at this point. She uh, was not, she was nine and four. Now she's sixteen and four since yeah. that lost. So. Yeah, it's it's been a pretty impressive streak by her. Uh, the one thing that sucks is that, and I know we've talked about this ad nauseum before, she really should be getting so much more pub from the UFC. She has a very intriguing and compelling story. Uh, first open lesbian champion for for the UFC. Real uh, quick, Mike, we got three more. We got two more days. You think they're gonna get their shit together and get her on Ellen? They're in LA. I, I don't think so, man. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and it's a shame that outside of the Ronda Rousey fight where she was, uh, you know, she was not even second billing. She was like fourth billing. I think just contractually they had to put her on. the. Post Joe Rogan said the owners of the UFC didn't know her name. Yeah, that's impressive. And uh, now probably in the second highest profile fight in her career, she's likely gonna get killed against cyborg um i feel bad for her um i'm not gonna be as bold as uh stefan to take nunas so i'm gonna go with cyborg and to amanda nunas's credit i will say this she will not get wrecked like all the other girls get wrecked right? man, holly, home, holly home didn't get fucking wrecked man and holly home's not the champion just put i don't think stefan's that crazy just putting that out there. I mean, Mark, you going to join him or are you going to be on team safety over here? <laughs> I, already made, I already said I was picking Chris Cyborg. We went to me first, but no. Oh, I sorry about that. By that still. You know, I, 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 there, like, like, I, like I ended, I think Amanda Nunes can win this fight. I just think it's a very small probability. I think the smart money is on Chris Cyborg. I think the line is in line in this fight. I think what minus 240 is completely acceptable for Chris Cyborg, who has ran through everybody. You know, Amanda Nunes has had a nice stint here. She has really turned a corner, but you look at those losses, there's that number's a lot higher than Chris Cyborg's. And then when you realize, like, oh, that was Chris Cyborg's first fight, you know, that means that's been a long time since she's had, you know, she's, she's tasted defeat. It'll, it's going to take quite a challenge for someone to do that. Amanda Nunes could be up to that task. I'm excited to see it. I think it's so interesting and compelling of a fight. If you really, you know, told the narrative of the story, you could sell this pay-per-view without John Jones. And just not have to deal with this whole hassle. Just my opinion, but all right. Um, far less analysis coming for the next four fights, guys. We are picking seven fights: Carlos Condit, Michael Chiesa. Uh, Carlos Condit's lost a lot of fucking fights. Um, I'm a big Carlos Condit fan, but there's no getting around it here, guys. Carlos Condit has lost like what is it, seven of eight? Let me confirm this shit. It is not going well for him. Um. We, he half-retired. Um, we all kind of recognize when him and Robbie Lawler almost killed each other in that cage 
a couple years ago that they left a lot of themselves in there. And with Carlos Condit, he's just not been the same, man. He's lost. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's lost four straight, five of six, eight of ten. I mean, he's 34 years old, but does a lot of miles on those 34 years. He's got 42 professional fights. Michael Chiesa, last time we saw him, um, I saw him, I was there actually, when he got uh, Anthony Pettis, looked like old Anthony Pettis on him. Uh, Michael Chiesa, I didn't really like him until recently, but his uh, his lawyer is excellent. Uh, Mike, I'm not sure you caught this thing where he's coming after Connor's money for the Khabib fight because of New York has the Son of Sam uh, law where you can't profit from your god from your felony or whatever <laughs> and oh, wow. because they advertise so much Connor's bus attack um he's coming for that money which Wait, is I, it felony or just crime in general I don't know if it, I think it might be it might be felony I don't know about crime I don't know if it's crime but anyway there's, there's no way Connor got a felony okay then crime in general I love that um all the Connor uh McGregor uh Fans are all butthurt. I think this is excellent work by his lawyer. Stefan, what are the betting odds? Um, we have it pretty close with Michael Kesa as a minus 165 favorite to Carlos Condit's plus 145 underdog. Um, I'm going to go here and I'm going to pick Michael Kiesa. But to be clear, I think this is, be I mean, skill-wise, Carlos Condit's an infinitely better fighter. He's bigger than Michael Kiesa. I'm basing this entirely on the fact that Carlos just looks like he's done. Stefan? Um, at some point, you got to let Mike go before me because I don't oh, believe sorry. in nonsense about picking fights. Uh, that's, that's fair. This one, this one doesn't change. I'm taking Chiesa. I, I thought Condit was done for a little while, and he's kind of lingering around. Um, if he wins, it's because Chiesa's fucking streaky. But I've just got age here. I, I kind of thought Condit probably should have gone out a fight or two ago. So I was a little bit surprised to still see him hanging around here. Uh, Kiesa has my favorite personal life section of any UFC fighter. It says, Kiesa is clo close with his mother and has attacked people who have insulted her. One being Kevin Lee. He is also, yeah, in, a, he is also in a relationship. I like that end note, too. <laughs> I mean, but that said, he lost to the guy that attacked his mother, so to speak. So it's not a good look. Michael Kiesa loses to all the people who are championship caliber. At any point in their careers. Um, Mike. I take offense to Stefan saying I didn't. I do not have my picks already there. Uh, I mean, Mike, we pick, in, we pick from the top. What do you mean? You didn't, you didn't start at the top? We've <laughs> always done this. Respectfully, Stefan, you can go eat a big one. I'm picking Michael Chiesa as well. Uh, Carlos Condit just looks shot. And it looks like he's just in there for a paycheck. Marcus. Yeah, this is the scenario I want to play out. I'm going to take Carlos Condit. Um, not that I have any stakes in the, the betting, but uh, I mean, it, it's like you said, Bobby. I, I think skill-wise, Carlos Condit is a better fighter than Michael Chiesa. It really, it all comes down to, like, is this guy washed? Like, his record's kind of showing it. I don't know why I've been... I think I've picked him in the last couple fights thinking the ship's going to correct, and it hasn't shown that. There's a good-ass chance we'll see that again in this fight, but... Yeah, I don't mind throwing my hat against Carlos Condit against Michael Chiesa. I think he's a more, you know, sharp. When he's at the top of his game, he should beat Michael Chiesa. We just don't know if he's able to get there anymore. We're going to find out. Exactly. Um, next fight on this card, which is a good one. One of my guys, Elar Latifi, the sledgehammer, taking on Corey 
I forgot his new nickname, but it used to be Beaston twenty five eight Anderson. Um, I believe Frankie Edgar redubbed him Overtime. Frankie Edgar is not the guy you need giving you nicknames. All right, <laughs> that's not. Good. I mean, Frankie Edgar just stole his nickname from Allen Iverson, one of the most like famous basketball players of all time. I, I don't like it when you just jack someone else's nickname. Um, fair point. Um, betting odds, Steph. Have another close one with Corey Anderson plus one twenty. Ilyar Latifi at minus 140. And coming into this one, we got Ilar Latifi. Uh, his last couple fights, it looks like he's coming off of two straight wins. OSP, he finished OSP and he beat Tyson Pedro. Corey Anderson, last time we saw him, he, he's also on two straight wins. He beat Pat Cummins and Glover Teixeira. Um, I'm going to pick uh, Ilar Latifi. I think he's actually pretty good. Um and at least good enough to beat. I'm looking at the guys he loses to. This is who he beats. So I got Ilar Latifi. Mike, who do you got? I have Ilar Latifi as well. I think that Corey Anderson will present some technical problems to me. He's a pretty good wrestler with pretty good boxing. But I think Ilar Latifi's low center of gravity and general more power in his punches will be the deciding factor. I think Corey Anderson's going to sleep. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going with Latifi too. It, it, it's a really close. This one's really a uh, coin toss, as far as I'm concerned. I think either guy can get it done here. Um, I think Latifi, if he lands that punch, but you know, having a, a submission in his last win, that diversity is kind of a nice stint. And uh, Corey Anderson, I can look through some of the guys he lost to and be like, eh, those aren't quite the 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 names you want to see. Even though you know you have Jan Bl- Blanowitz here with Latifi, so these guys just match up well. It's going to be a close fight. I think Latifi might is just going to get the nod at the end of the night. Stefan, I went to Mike first. What do you got here? Uh, I'm taking Latifi, but I, I mean, I don't like it. You, you said you think he's pretty good. My issue is I don't think either of these guys are very good. So that's like, it's more so I'm like, eh, who's, who's got a little bit more than the other? I mean, Corey Anderson, he's got a win over Glover. The only thing that I was kind of thinking is like, that's the best win of the two guys in there together. But maybe Glover's just old himself now. Um, it's It's really hard to go with this one. Like, Latifi, he wins two, loses one, wins three, loses one. He he's he's in this weird streaky thing, but um, I guess I like Latifi more. I feel like he has slightly better momentum because I I think I saw that OSP performance, and I believe I picked OSP in that fight. So it did surprise me when uh, not only did he win, but he finished him. Oh wow! I was surprised we all swept that. We I, I got to start making moves here, man. I'm one game back of you two. All I'm, all that's happening so far is I can gain I can I can gain ground on you if cyborg wins mike is fucking everything up right here um chad mendez alexander volkanovsky um i said it a couple weeks ago how i really i got like respect for chad for taking this fight because chad's a really big name at featherweight and he went a lot he came back after not fighting for two and a half goddamn years and he just fucked up miles jury's world um volkanovsky is good and he's five and zero in the ufc two finishes he's only he's 30 years old he's he looks like someone to take seriously um mike i'm gonna put it out there what are the betting odds here steph same as the last fight to be honest it's a really close near coin flip minus 140 chad mendez plus 120 alex volkanovsky uh mike what do you got here yeah, I can see why the betting odds are so close in Volkanovski's last fight against 
I'm going to say Jamie Kennedy. Hmm? Maybe uh, Elkins, I think. I think it was Elkins. Darren. Elkins was his last fight. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go with Mendez uh, in this fight. Fuck. Uh, even though Mendez was out for for two years because of uh, the aforementioned, uh, you know, bungling of Usada, um, he looked. Well, fabulous. no. Uh, well, wait. Mendez did that shit. To be clear, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't fight his suspension. Mendez made up some shit about screen, skating cream that the math did not add up at all. But doesn't but he actually have like psoriasis? Yeah, but it's not that shit. Is not, the, the amount he would have to have taken of his cream would like he'd be he'd have to be made of it. Maybe he has a lot of psoriasis. Right? No, his life. No, no. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, look at Bobby just judging people from his ivory tower. Anyway. I'm going to pick Mendez in this fight. I'm drinking on a Thursday by myself, Mike, but go ahead. Ivory Tower. <laughs> well, I'll work tomorrow, so weekend starts for me today. Um, he looked really good in his last fight, uh, really putting a statement and a stamp on, I am still effing here, guys. I am still one of the top three uh, featherweights in, in the world. And Volkanovski is a really promising talent. Uh, as you said before, he's 5-0 in the UFC. I think his day will be coming sooner rather than later, where he may be challenging um, uh, Holloway for, for the title. But I think this will be too much too early for him. All right, fair enough. Um, I was kind of hoping you were not going to pick Chad Mendez. Really, I was really hoping you were going to pick Chad Mendez. Um, I, I got Chad. you to give him the favorite in this fight. I got Chad. A um, couple reasons here. One is. Um, the list of people Chad Mendez has lost to Jose Aldo, Conor McGregor, Frankie Edgar, end of list. Um, Volkanovsky is a good fighter. I don't think he's there yet. Um, this is that camp second look at him. That's part of the reason here. Darren Elkins trains at alpha male and Darren Elkins took a round off this kid and Darren Elkins isn't on the same planet as Chad Mendez in terms of athleticism. Chad, Darren Elkins is a very tough fighter, but Chad's on a whole different level. Um, I still think when we're sitting here talking about Max Holloway being featherweight champion, the only guy that's on this on his fuck like the people he hasn't fought besides Frankie Edgar that are like I mean, he's managed not to fight at this point that are of any note is Chad Mendes is on that list. So I want to see Chad Mendes keep winning, and I think he's Volkanovski's good, but I don't think he's ready for anybody like Chad Mendes. Mark, what do you think? Yep, I have Chad too, and I'm pretty comfortable with that. Stefan. Uh, I'm taking Chad, but for the much more shallow reason, Alex Volkanovsky is Australian, not New Zealander. He is Australian. And what have I learned in the year 2018? Australian fighters bad. New Zealand fighters good. Also, Chad Mendez wants to come out to Shane McMahon's music. You'll make Stefan happy, though. I he think doesn't. Come to he, he doesn't. doesn't. You know why? Chad Mendez hates professional wrestling. Do you think right? We are another thing. We are a podcast another he won't listen to because we have mentioned professional wrestling one too many times to be in Chad Mendez's favor. Stay tuned for Bobby's very brief Wrestle Kingdom 13 preview coming up later on the show. <laughs> um, Chad Mendez here. Clean sweep. Jesus Christ. I'm going to have to pick one of the fuck. God damn it. Andre Arlovsky, Walt Harris. Um, Arlovsky is a plus 155 under. All the betting lines are the fucking same on this card, aren't they, Steph? Uh, um, what that 150 range slight yeah. coin tosses plus 155 for the pitbull um wald harris um who is he the big ticket maybe i don't know wald harris is coming in as the favorite at minus 175 
Andre Arlovsky, you, you think he's dead, but all of a sudden you're paying, you look over and you're like, man, Andre Arlovsky got, got, got another goddamn win. That's not the case recently. He's lost his last two. Um, Walt Harris, on the other hand, who's, the, he, you can call him the vault, the skull crusher, or the, or the big ticket. I'm going big ticket. Um, is on a clean one fight winning streak. He's, he's record's not great. He's 11 and 7. He's had a lot of fucking UFC fights. He showed up 6 and 1. He's 5 and 6 in the UFC. You know what um, I like about one of his uh, recent fights is uh, he has a loss. His most recent loss is DQ, illegal head kick. How did he pull that off? So I'm guessing it's got to be like a soccer kick, right? So yeah. What happened was that uh, the ref called time, and I guess the other guy put his uh, guard down. And uh, Walt Harris blasted him in the head. <laughs> he just let it rip, baby. And his excuse was he thought the ref was getting in the way because he was messing the dude up too much. So, <laughs> so he, he wanted to keep messing the, him up? <laughs> well, he was waiting for the ref to pull him off. So that was his excuse. Mark, what do you got in this one? Yeah, I think anytime you have heavyweights, you know, um, especially ones at, at this caliber, it's kind of a, a, a coin toss. But I, I'm going with familiar ground for me and picking against Andre Orlovsky. Um, you know, at 39, um, it's not too hard for me to take this leap that, you know, there might not be a lot left in the tank. We've seen him get knocked out multiple times. It's not like Walt Harris is this, you know, beaming prospect who just looks like the golden boy. Um, you know, he has his own faults. I feel like this could be a sloppy fight, but it could be entertaining. I do think I feel comfortable with Walt Harris getting the nod here. Mar uh, Mark, I'm not Mark. Mike, what do you think? Wait, wait. You said you feel comfortable with Walt Harris getting the nod? Yeah. Him okay, so you're winning. picking Harris. Yeah. Okay. I'm not picking against, I'm not picking for Andre Orlovsky because he's a loser and he's going to lose. Oh, okay. Because you were saying you're, you're going with familiar grounds. So I thought that and familiar grounds of not picking on Andre. Yeah. Lofsky I don't think Marcus picked Andre Orlovsky. I don't think he's he picked Orlovsky once at any point during this streak, even when things are going well. Um, right. Mike, go ahead. Well, I'm going to be joining Mark in my pick. I'm picking Walt Harris as well. Motherfucker. Um, for these two reasons. Uh, Walt Harris, in the fights I've seen, he's actually a pretty quick uh, heavyweight. He has some pretty good speed in his strikes. And Arlovsky's old. Walt Harris is 35. I know, Which, but he's a young 35. I mean, sure. I mean, as we go into my big pick, Bobby, because you're you're about to be backed into having to pick Andre here if you want to do anything. I've made it easy for Mike. I've done the hard work. Mike can just ride his normal picks he wanted to because I am I took the leap of faith. Yeah, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. First, you giving me shit. Oh, Bobby, why are you, why are you making me pick first? Then Michael can blow, blow, blow. And now Bobby... Saying, Mike, have you easy. picked every favorite? Yeah. Mike's Mike's kept a clean sweep of favorites. I've said I made it easy for you, Mike. Just just accept the gift. It's it's well, a giving season. Well, you well whose fault is that? You could easily pick Cyborg because obviously Cyborg's gonna win. God, so. I hope Cyborg loses. I hope I hope I hope Cyborg loses more than I hope John Jones loses. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just throwing in Andre lost to Shamil Abdurakhimov, who was a 37 year old I've never heard of. A 35-year-old with a shoddy record has a chance to beat this guy, too. I can't pick Andre. Bobby, you like Andre the most of us anyways. I do. I do. And let me tell you what's gonna how this shit's going to go down. All right? Uh, big ticket Walt Harris is going to get knocked fucking unconscious. And then Maximus is going to roll into the cage. That's right. Maximus is coming into the cage. 
All right, and then Andre's gonna do the bang bang, and Andre and Maximus is gonna play dead, and then they're gonna fucking celebrate, and then when it's over, they're gonna say no. Uh, fuck Stipe, fuck Brock Lesnar, Andre's getting the next title shot, Arlovsky, heavy, hashtag heavyweight champ 2019, um, honestly, the betting, uh, uh, Walt Harris isn't very good, like, I mean, he whooped my ass, in fairness, I don't want to diminish the man too much, he whooped my ass, Walt Harris is 11-7, and seven. he's 5-6 and six in the UFC, he lost to people, he lost to fucking Shamil Abdurrahimov. I was going to say, they both lost to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he lost to him, too. Um, Andre can win this shit, man. Andre knocked somebody out a couple fights ago. He didn't. But he won by decision. He beat he beat Diaper Man, Albini, and he beat Stefan Struve. I mean, he's not getting knocked. Honestly, he lost the last two fights. The Taifuta, uh, Tai also won. Yeah, I'm not sure he lost that one. Refresh my memory. Albini, he's a big diaper baby, right? He's diaper man. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I got to pick Arlovsky. And though, quite frankly, I don't... I feel better picking Arlovsky than I was going to p- feel picking uh, Volkanovsky. So, fuck it. I got Arlovsky. And even with that, the best case I can do is tie Mike. <laughs> Instead, we'll see where that goes from there. Um, all right. I'm, we, we got everybody's pick here. So, let's go to the final fight we're picking. We got I a feather whip. We- the variety on this one. We got a women's featherweight fight, which let me tell you, if uh, Cyborg loses, this fight's pointless. They might as well close this division. Um, Kat Zinganu, Megan Anderson. Um, Stefan, are the betting guys the same on this one? Um, probably. Let's give it a double check. And minus 150, Kat Zingano, plus 130, Megan Anderson. All right, Mike, go. First off, she's Australian, so it's pronounced Megan Anderson. Uh, I don't think that's an Australian thing as much as you can just call people Megan if you want. Like, that's the way of saying... <laughs> I just want to shit on stuff, because he there, he there all bitter to, and shit. Because he, he about to pick an Australian to win? Yeah. Uh, no. No, I just wanted to correct you on the name. You saw the, fa- you saw the favorite was. You saw the favorite was, Steph. He's not picking Australian. <laughs> I'm picking Kat Zingano mainly because Megan Anderson has beaten nobody of consequence in her career. Her last win was Charmaine Tweet. She is way bigger than Kat Zingano. That don't mean shit. Megan well, Anderson is still raw as hell. Kat Zingano is a complete fighter. Uh, I model her almost in many ways like Holly Holm. Holly Holm was able to pick Megan Anderson apart. I don't see this being any different. I mean, and we all I, know Holly Holm is a bum. The only bum that that bum could beat was that other bum, Ronda Rousey. Stefan, who do you got here, man? I thought Mike might want to go different on this, but I didn't realize he felt this way about Anderson. You know me, I always pick Kat Zangano. I love her. She finally got her monkey off the back in that last fight. She was on a pretty depressive losing streak for a little bit there. Um, it was really great to see her finally getting a win. She was devastated after, um, what was her last loss just before that? I remember she was like on Twitter. like in Was it Instagram. Pena? Uh, is it Pena? Um, She's, she has a fight that frequently. But yeah, she, I, she's had a lot of injuries. We know her like life story, but I remember she was just devastated after like before she got her most recent win. So I really want to believe that that last win got the monkey off her back. that got the pressure off, and she'll kind of return to being like one of the upper echelon because I, I really feel like she's got the skill set to be there. Um, I always pick Kat Zingano. This was uh, this is one of the predictable fights. If you see her name on the card, I'm gonna side with her on it. Mark. Uh, yeah, I'm actually gonna go with Megan. Um... I like the size difference. Um, it's I'm not massive, a, man. That's a really big size difference. It's a big deal. There's that, and I'm just, you know, I, I've cooled on Cat a little bit. Um, but it, this is honestly just a fight where it's like, there, there's no winners and losers as far as I'm concerned, if I pick it correctly or not. If Cat is able to go up to featherweight and look impressive, I think that's awesome. You know, it, 
the opportunity where she maybe I mean, I don't know. Do I really want to see her fight Cyborg? I don't know if I even want to see that. But Marcus, I honestly believe that if the winner of this fight, if Amanda Nunes somehow wins this fight, the winner of this fight's fighting Amanda Nunes. Oh, even period. 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 Yeah, well, I don't know. If, actually, I don't know if Megan Anderson can make 135. So maybe well, well, maybe if not. Cat and Amanda win, as I would hope. That would make sense. Reddick but... challenge her at either weight class. That is low key one of my favorite women's fights ever. By the way, their first matchup. She yeah. should fight her in between for both belts. Marcus, uh, yeah. sorry, yeah. go ahead. You made a point. Cat's great. This could be an awesome fight. Uh, I'm just excited to see it. I don't really care that much if Cat is able to pull it off. I, I feel more comfortable. To- with uh, Megan Anderson, just the, I think the size difference is going to be a bit much for Kat. Um, and, you know, she hasn't looked as impressive in the last couple of years. So uh, I'm going with Megan. I'm, I'm interested to see what this goes, though. Um, Kat, uh, five foot six. Megan, six foot one. That's uh, a lot. 72 and a half inch reach versus 68 inch reach. Um, I like Kat training at, with Dominic. And at Alliance, I think it's good for everybody to train with Dominic. I'm a big, I didn't expect this maybe five, six years ago, but I'm a big Dominic Cruz fan. And I think anybody fighting with him is going to make them a better fighter. Um, I got to go. I'm going with Kat because Megan Anderson got taken down at will by Holly Holm. If people want to remember that fight, it wasn't so much as she got jabbed to death or picked apart. She got taken down a bunch by a kickboxer. Um, and Kat Zingano's got an okay ground game, despite what Ronda Rousey did to her. And the fact, despite the fact that Juliana Pena just took her down at will, um, Megan did really didn't look good. Um, and I know I've, I think I've watched her more than any of us, to be honest. Um, yeah, you were the only one who really knew her kind of going into the debut. I remember you had touted her quite a bit, and boy, was I disappointed, Bobby. Yeah, I don't think I picked her to beat Holly Holm. I don't think so, um, because I. Did not like that matchup for her, to be honest. I thought it, it didn't make any sense. I thought if did we have one girl who weighs 145 pounds, not named Cyborg, let's just fucking do it. Which I don't feel that's totally unreasonable, guys. What do you think? Like, here we are now. You know what I mean? I mean, considering, I, I, for having not seen Megan Anderson, I knew more about her than who Cyborg actually last fought. So, um, yeah, I would have been fine with her going straight into a match with Cyborg. Yeah, um, I just want to confirm that I'm, I'm how much of a dumbass I was. I know what? I picked Holly Holm. Feeling good about myself. Um, yeah, I got uh, Kat Zingano. Um, I just, I don't, I that's a, it's, it was six months ago, and that's a lot of, that's not a lot of time to figure out the entirety of how to stop wrestling. And Kat's shorter than her. I think it might actually be an advantage when she wants to shoot on takedowns on her. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Kat. Um, so boys, uh, we might we need to work out a tiebreaker. Do we need to? I mean, isn't there something nice about a tie? I mean, I already got a, I've already won this thing. Wait, once also, we, how is there a tiebreaker? Because it's not going to be a tiebreaker. Yeah, we have one fight to determine it. Yeah. If it's what do you mean? Cyborg. Yeah, me and uh, me and Steph picked everything the same except the cyborg fight. If the cyborg fight, how are you going to make up two? Can Bobby tie with somebody? No, I've. Okay, if, so you can tie with me for second place, but who cares? Okay, then there's no reason. Oh, I can't win. I got to change one of my picks real quick. <laughs> Fuck! Ah, <laughs> oh, I gotta take Megan. Ah, <laughs> right. uh, god damn it! I got Megan Anderson. Mike, run it down. <laughs> um, We're gonna go three way. F- you you motherfucker couldn't take like Volkanovski or some shit. Good lord! I apologize, Kat Zingano. I still love you. Um, all right. Um, we're gonna do stuff we like. Um, favorites. Everyone just wants the favorites. Um, let's do stuff we like real quickly. 
I'm going to do a really brief Wrestle Kingdom preview <laughs> um, because um, it's something I believe we're going to watch. Um, at least me and Stefan Mark are. Um, Mike, who actually speaks Japanese, you think he, this motherfucker could help us out with the New Japan World subscription situation? But um, real quick, um, this Wrestle Kingdom um, is New Japan Pro Wrestling's uh, biggest event of the year. Um, it is being held January 4th. Um, you can watch it on New Japan World. You can watch it on Fight TV. If you live in Japan, I'm sure there's ways of watching it, but, you know. Um, headlined, and there's a real, okay, let's put this out there. There's a real cloud hanging over this entire event, which is that Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, everybody you know from the Elite slash what was the Bullet Club, um, those, that section of it is their contracts end right when this event ends. Um, and everybody kind of knows that they're forming another, or there's kind of another promotion being formed. And so you kind of assume they're not going to exactly go out winning. Um, headlining the show, Kenny Omega, the IWGP heavyweight champion of the world, the best bout machine, the cleaner, um, Arguably the best professional wrestler in the world is taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, as I told you, Steph, Tanahashi is essentially the Hogan, the Hulk Hogan of Japan. Comes out playing air guitar, which is pretty great. Um, uh, kind of hard for this match not to be a goddamn just great match. Um, Chris Jericho doing his Chris Jericho thing, being an independent guy, going to wrestle here against Tetsuya Naito. Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White. Kushida, uh, Marcus, I believe you just like to refer to him as the guy who dresses like Marty McFly, if we remember correctly. Oh, yeah. He, yeah he, he'll be taking on Ishimori, which is another just great one. Uh, Cody Rhodes uh, taking on Juice Robinson, who people who are WWE fans might remember Juice Robinson in NXT as um, CJ Parker. He has gotten way fucking better. He is arguably the best babyface promo in pro wrestling. Great in the ring. Um, mentioned them earlier. We got the Young Bucks going out there, taking on uh, the Gorillas of Destiny and um, Sonata and Evil. Um, let me, uh, we got Tomoro Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. Marcus, how do you like it when they announced Zack Sabre Jr.? <laughs> I can't remember what it is. Like something. Zach Stefan. Sabre. They do the uh, One Nation Army cadence. The Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. Arguably the best professional, best technical professional wrestler in the world uh, against Ishii. Um, gonna be a. That's awesome. Um, and then we got a crazy ass three way match for the Junior Tag Team Championships between Suzuki Gun, Rapongi 3K. And uh, uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón. Um, and the match I'm looking forward to the most. Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay. If somebody, God willing, they both survive this thing. Because they are both reckless as hell. They're flipping all over the place. Kota Ibushi seems to have no respect for his own neck. Um, Steph, we talked about Ibushi a bunch when he was in the Cruiserweight Classic. He's kind of known as the nomad of professional wrestling. He refuses to sign a long-term contract with anybody. His family is independently wealthy. So he just, you know, he's like uh, Kane in Kung Fu. He just goes around getting into fights. 
So yeah. Who? Kota Abushi. No, Kane and Kung Fu. What did you just... You ever seen the TV show Kung Fu? Kane? David Carradine, bro. Thank oh, you, Mike. Oh, <laughs> that's what you meant. Okay, oh. I wasn't sure what you meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, the day I realized that David Carradine was just a white dude, me and me and Victor thought he was Asian growing that up. That was real disappointing, wasn't we it? Were, um, we were so disappointed. I know Mark and Steph, you guys are both kind of watching this thing, most on, mostly on me saying, hey, we should watch this. But do you, Mark, uh, do you have a particular match you're interested in more than others? Uh, I mean, not particularly particularly in the sense that I've been following storylines or anything like that. I think there's just a lot of talent um, at New Japan that's going to be on display here. So I, I think maybe I'm looking at, obviously, Kenny Omega. Um, and I think a lot of these guys leaving is just going to have them really, you know, want to go out on a bang, I'm hoping. Um, and also, I'm interested to see what Cody Rhodes comes out because he usually cosplays as different various things. So I'm interested to see what he does for the big. Oh, show. Yeah, what did he do? What did he do last time? That was he did the um, Metal last Gear one, right? Year. Well, that was that wasn't that was whatever it was a couple weeks ago, right? I don't. Yeah, know he, did, he, he did. He did. Uh, year, but I think uh, his wife dressed as the the boss or something, or yeah, what was the name? He was of that? dressed as the boss, and he was big boss. Yeah. He kills the boss. It's it's all kind of confusing. <laughs> I can't uh, get more now. <laughs> Kenny did some Destiny shit last year, though. He came out okay, like dressed absolutely. as like some Destiny thing um, with a big-ass gun. Um, I love Kenny Omega. There's going to be a documentary on him coming out in March about him and Coda and, uh, and their tag team, the Golden Lovers, because Kenny might be gay, which would be kind of cool, quite frankly, if the best professional wrestler in the world is gay. Anyway, Steph, is there any one match that you're particularly interested in? Um, no, it's like, you know, Kenny, I want to see what, if he's going to do what video game reference he's going to do. That since the man is a walking video game reference. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people are flippy as shit. Uh, what's his name? Is Osprey on it? Osprey and Abushi, man. Someone's going to die. Um, Osprey, uh, his finisher got added into the, uh, WWE 2K19 move pack DLC. And, uh, I forget what he calls it. It's a really fucking sweet looking finisher though. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, Will Ospreay is a really interesting cat in general. Um, he is not going to go to the WWF, but everybody like, look, okay. just you guys well, Google. Uh, the move is called the Stormbreaker. If you want to look it up, and that's some Game of Thrones sounding shit. And you know, yeah. I'm all about it. Uh, my Christmas gifts this year, they were all either Bulldog or Game of Thrones related, so people know what I like. Um, what I want you people to do, if you have the slightest interest in what we're talking about, and Mike, I'm going to ask you to do this too. I want you guys to Google Will Ospreay versus Ricochet. And if you can really find any of their matches and watch some of the flippiest shit you've ever fucking seen in your lives. The one to watch, the, the first one that really set everybody off was um, from Best of the Super Juniors, which I'm looking at it right now. It's on Daily Motion. Um, nobody alert. New Japan, that it's there. Um, at Will Ospreay is the aerial assassin. That nickname is very appropriate. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for New for uh, to watch Wrestle Kingdom, which uh, we'll probably watch it whatever that Saturday is, but it's going to be January fourth. Um, and then real quick, I watched Ellen's special on Netflix, um, relatable, and I've seen I've seen Ellen stand up from way back in the day. And by Ellen, I'm talking Ellen DeGeneres, obviously. Um, I, uh, enjoyed her special. I thought it was pretty good. Um, a couple moments got real, like, she kind of became daytime talk show host Ellen a few moments, but overall, I really thought it was, it was a, it was a good, uh, it was a good special. She's very funny. Um, Stefan, what do you got this week? Um, I got a few watch recommendations. Um, on the comedy note, I finally caught up and I saw John Mulaney's most recent special on Netflix. Um, I love that guy's humor. He's, a uh, 
he's he's a very I mean he he actually cusses a little more than he usually does in this one, but like you know, he he's got a very family friendly style of like comedy. He's kind of a throwback. He he really harkens back to like the nineties era comedians. But uh, I'm a big fan of John Mulaney. Um most recently Peter Porker, aka Spider Ham from the Spider Verse movie. Um, which again, I can't recognize, recommend that enough if you haven't had a chance to see it on this holiday occasion with your family or anyone. Um, I saw Aquaman. Um, it really feels like a merging of like Avatar and Black Panther a little bit. Um, visually, one of the most impressive movies I've seen. The, the, the CG effects are absolutely outstanding. It's an okay movie. You know, it's for DC. It's pretty damn solid. You know, it, it's kind of better than most of the DC. Um, I've heard it was better than Wonder Woman. I definitely think it's a more complete movie than Wonder Woman, being that Wonder Woman falls apart in the third act. But I think the first two acts of Wonder Woman are still a better movie. Again, it, it's not a great movie. It's not a. It, it's it's definitely. It looks a like movie. a good time, Steph. It's a solid movie. I don't I don't regret seeing it. Uh, maybe I'd see it again. I mean, that's that's about. That's, I have a lukewarm. Do I need to see it again? I, I think it's worth seeing. Like it, it's definitely an improvement. It's the thing is, I like Jason Momoa, but I'm sure if you've seen any of his work, you can, can agree he's a little hammy sometimes. He's got kind of a broy. I'm not really trying very hard when I act type of vibe about him. Um, so that that kind of catches me off a little bit, but I think it's worth seeing. Um, and the other one, I actually do want to recommend because I kind of just took a chance on it out of a whim. Um, the pilot, the whole first episode pilot is up and free on YouTube right now. But I checked out a show that's coming to the Sci-Fi Channel in uh, early 2019. I mean, we're right at the end of the year. But it's uh, based on a comic book called Deadly Class. And uh, it's made by the Russo brothers, who uh, famously made uh, you know, Winter Soldier. They're helming, I believe they helm the Avengers movies right now, right? It's the Russo brothers directing that. Um, it's an interesting, you know, it's kind of, if, I, I think Mike would dig it. Um, you know, because as someone who's been given the CW shows a chance, but it being on sci-fi, it, it's not quite as tweeny, but it still has a teeny vibe. So it's about this hypothetical high school. That's this underground school that exists. Um, but all the students are kids of mafia members, Yakuza members, um, like neo-Nazi white nationalists. So it's all these click. It's a very high school, all these cliques that exist. But like, okay, these are all the Yakuza kids. Those are all like the, the Nazi kids. They ha I think they're called the uh, the Final World Order. Are all like the black gangster kids. So um, you kind of follow this main character who's kind of an orphan. Um, it takes place in the '80s, I believe, because I think Reagan is the president at the time of this thing. Um, the headmaster is Benedict Wong, who is Wong of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Lana Condor is uh, one of the main actresses. She played Jubilee in the uh, these modern X-Men movies. A small role, but it's someone who I at least recognized. Um, you know, the, the, the pilot's up and down, but as far as pilots go, um, I definitely think I'm interested enough to keep checking out this series. So, um, it's like I said, it's for free and it's up on YouTube, so it, 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 you don't have to do too much to seek it out. Um, I recommend giving it a shot, seeing if it's uh, your type of fare. What's it called again, Steph? Deadly class. You said it's on YouTube, the pilot. But yeah, they put up. It's, it's, so it's going to air on the Sci-Fi Channel. But um, the Sci-Fi Channel has graciously put up the pilot for free viewing. Um, you know, basically commercial free and all that on YouTube. Nice, um, Mike. What do you got this week? Uh, for me, I don't have too much. Um, I did see Aquaman when it came out last Thursday. 
Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid movie. Um, I thought I thought it was funny. Um, I would I would say check it out. Uh, besides that, I don't have too much. I saw something today I thought was pretty funny. Uh, as anyone who's probably had a hangover before in their life, someone has probably recommended that uh, replenish the electrolytes to drink a Pedialyte. And now Pedialyte is actually making an adult version of uh of their beverage for people who are suffering from hangovers so that made me chuckle when are they doing the weight cutting people version uh i don't know yet that's gonna be next man um well, well besides that um mark in our group chat yesterday was i think just kind of asking out loud if he should uh download a uh, shovel knight for 9.99 that was me and and it was, oh, was that you oh i thought it was hollow knight Hollow Knight, Shovel Knight, yeah, uh, Hollow Knight, yeah. Wait, did I download Shovel Knight? Shovel Knight is a thing too, right? <laughs> yeah, I downloaded yeah. Hollow Knight based on Mark's recommendation, but uh, sure, Mike, what did you get? You can't really go wrong either way. They're, they're both really great games, but they are okay, two I different games. I downloaded Hollow Knight. Uh, Good job, Mike. I, <laughs> I put the fucking link in the chat. If you fucked it up, I was going to be very disappointed. <laughs> um, I've heard good things about Shovel Knight as well. But anyway, <laughs> I've played about an hour of Hollow Knight uh I and it's pretty good. You guys, Smash Brothers is hard. Maybe I'm terrible because I'm terrible at video games now, but I got you, you get better playing it because you kind of have to get better playing it. I, I, yeah, honestly, I, I got I gotta stop playing just as DK. I don't know. It's, yeah, I think Bob is also not that good at video games. He'll play sports franchises like on a rookie. Okay. If you want me to whoop your ass in a game, just let me know. All right. I will I will take care of that for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mark, go ahead, man. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I got a couple things I want to run through really quick. Uh, for video games, uh, Warhammer Vermintide 2 came out for PS4. Finally, it was already on Xbox and PC for a while. Um, I really enjoyed the first one. The second one's even better. Um, and then I have three big things that I really wanted to put a spotlight on. Um, since I wasn't here last week, I caught this. I heard about this documentary a couple months ago. I bought it. And I didn't watch it until last week. It's called Ecstasy of Order, and it is a documentary following the first world championships in uh, Tetris that I think happened in like 2012 or something. Oh, um, I've heard of this. Yeah, it's Sorry, really go good. Ahead. Um, it, it's it, if you kind of liked King of Kong, I would say it's it's very much in that vein. I don't think the production value is quite as high, but I actually enjoyed the narrative a little bit more because I think you know King of Kong. There's very much like a villain and a good guy. And in this documentary, you kind of think one of the guys might be they kind of paint him early on to be kind of a villain. And it's just not. It's just like a really cool documentary about people that just fucking love Tetris, um, which is I, I really enjoyed it. I, I purchased it on YouTube, I think, I think for like three bucks, but I think it's on Amazon or whatever you want to do your video on demand purchases. Um, I really do highly recommend it. It was really fun. Um, now, I've uh, started watching two different animes on Netflix, and uh, I enjoyed them both. Um, they're very much in the interest that I like. Um, the first one I actually is an anime that I first knew about, I think in like the, er, the late nineties, um, called Grapp grappler Baki and now just referred to as Baki. Um, I think there was a new season in Japan, um, that oh, they just translated. One. Yeah. And, uh, I, Baki is really, I got into it because it's, it's about like an underground fighting organization that, you know, back when I first saw it was very much like, oh, this is kind of like UFC and like, you know, Dragon Ball meets UFC, which is kind of what it is. 
Um, and mostly what the show had been previously was this underground tournament. And uh, Baki is this 17-year-old wonderkin who's cut like an Adonis, has all these scars. I mean, this is really like a dude's dude's anime. This is like the anime for guys that watch Dragon Ball and be like, yeah, the fighting's cool, but like, why isn't this dude's like face caved in? And like, what if they like got a gun and just shot Goku in the head? Like, this is the anime for those guys that like extreme, you know, machismo and ultra violence, which I'm not a huge fan of, but if you like that stuff, Baki's right up your alley. I mean, there's just, the fight scenes are really intense and fun but they're extremely brutal. And, you know, after a while, you kind of get like, okay, this is very much an anime. This is a cartoon. Dude literally put a bunch of bullets in his mouth, punched him, and his head exploded, and he's okay. Dude was in an electric chair, and he got electrocuted. He's okay. Like, you have to kind of have, um, you know, disbelief there to kind of, uh, you know, soak it all in. But it is it is kind of a cool, fun, very much if you like a Dragon Ball, but you want, like, he weirdly kind of more grounded violent version of that baki kind of um is in that vein what i really liked about the first movie was one of the styles was this dude would and just to give you an example of the violence here this dude's fighting style was sticking his fingers into your body and ripping out nerve cords so you couldn't move like your arm and leg it was just like gruesome fucking shit and baki's just more of that um the other anime that i heard about about a month ago that was coming to netflix i was like oh this shit looks good um that just actually just came on i think this week um is called high score girl and this one's actually about kind of the video game arcade scene in uh japan in the early 90s and um you know i think if mike or steph or even bobby you know give the first episode a shot you'll see pretty quickly why this is i'm gonna say this right now my favorite anime of all time everything else can suck a dick see you later cowboy bebop this shit this shit is just pandering to all my interests it's literally about fucking street fighter for like eight episodes it's just what's, uh, what's the name of it again it's called high score girl so it's basically i mean honestly i shouldn't say it. like i love cowboy bebop there's a lot of great animes this one really just panders to my interest <laughs> mark and... felt bad he took a shot and he had to I, just, I want take to a step back really explain how awesome it is but also walk it back a little bit it doesn't take i don't want you to walk in and be like oh this takes a shit on cowboy bebop it has to reach this pinnacle of excellence because this stuff about the show i don't really like that much there's a lot of um dynamic dynamics between the characters and it's it's it ultimately kind of reminds me and mike you probably know of more animes that borrow, borrow this trope of this kind of loser-esque guy who's just like insanely focused on something else and there's all these girls that are just like oh my god i just love this guy so much because he doesn't panic huh, so you mean all of them yeah all i was gonna say anime. like all of them that's, the, <laughs> like, that's a very Mugio common trope one that I, you know i mostly kind of draw that comparison to Wait, but like it's, i think it's called the harem anime yeah so it, it is very much that um I honestly don't find it as offensive as I do some of those where it's just like the female characters just seem kind of brain dead. It's very it's very weird. And in a lot of the show, when it talks about their relationships, it's just about like hard to read what their dynamics even are. But it's all, you know, covered in this sweet, tasty burrito that is just awesome 16-bit arcade scene video game. I mean, literally, it's talking about street fighter and this kid uses guile and the rival girl that he kind of falls into uses zangief and how he uses like the cheesy throw styles to beat her and uses turtling and it's just like it's all the shit that i love about the video game era in that time and just like made a really fun awesome anime about it and i'm i'm completely smitten um i know it's based off a of manga i think it's fairly new so i don't know if there's a lot of material for them to kind of dig through and even I haven't even finished this season, but they're even advancing the timeline pretty significantly where it started in 91 
and now it's like in 95 and oh, it's just it's so as someone that just loves video games it's just so cool to see there's an episode where they talk about the mortal Kombat like uh arcade cabinet and some fucking animator like m- meticulously drew this fuck and it's just like oh it's so beautiful and seeing saturns and talk about virtual fighter is just like oh every every episode i'm just like oh i can't wait for another video game reference because they're so well done. Um, I'm just completely smitten by the show. Um, I got a couple more episodes to watch. Um, and I look very much forward to that. And I hope this is a series that will continue. Um, because there's a lot of good animes. And I watch a lot of them. And none of them really click. And this one's definitely one that's just been like, I love this. I can't get enough. So, yeah, check um, that out. That's on Netflix. I, I pulled it up on Netflix. And the blurb for the first episode has drawn me enough to watch it after we're done with this podcast. You're going to love says, it. It is great. The blurb says, Harua is, is humiliated at the local arcade when his classmate, classmate Jesus, that, uh, that scotch is really getting to me. When his classmate Akira destroys all her challengers in Street Fighter 2 while playing as Zangief. Dude, that is kind of, that is kind of embarrassing shit. to lose to someone playing as Zangief. I mean, there are so many deep cuts in this show. And that's why that's why it's it's become my favorite. It's like they literally have the one of this is the last thing i'll talk about the one of the scenes is this kid this guy who's just like completely you know uh smitten by video games his first time seeing super street fighter 2 the intro where you see ryu and his little stance and he looks just like when you saw that as a kid it was like that's next level i've never seen anything like that and you're listening to this kid like oh look at ryu he looks so good oh he's so good and it's just like i could relate to that to such even though this is about a kid in japan watching it i mean i saw that on my super nintendo and it just blew me away back then. It's just, it, it, I I really love talking nostalgia about video games. And I've even been thinking about doing a podcast about it and stuff. And just watching this is just like, yeah, there's a reason. This shit was just so fucking cool. Oh, and uh, for you guys and for you, it's MMA, it's some amazing listeners out there who are looking to possibly watch some New Japan pro wrestling uh bobby earlier said well maybe michael who speaks japanese can help yeah their website you can put it in english it's not great and you can sign up for it it's 99 is 999 yen a month by the way if you are going to sign up for new japan pro wrestling world um don't they charge on the first of the month meaning if you sign up today december 27th they will charge you december 27th and then they're going to charge you again on, on January 1st. So maybe wait until yeah. the first of the month. You know what yeah. I'm saying, guys? You see yeah. what I'm saying? They, yeah. They, they take you over like that in Japan. Yeah, they, they do that. <laughs> Mike's like, yeah, I know. It's happened. Did, did, did the zone get you like that, Mike? Is that happen- what happened? Um, any any subscription service I signed up for in Japan got me like that. So yeah, the zone did. Um, all right, guys. Um, this is the last time we're going to talk to you in 2018. Um, we will be back Um there's a calendar somebody got somewhere. Um, the seventh? The seventh. Barring, I don't know, something happens huge and we demands a podcast, but fuck. We didn't do one in the middle of all this shit. So um, we will be back um, January 7th. Um, and uh, yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New, Happy New Year. Be safe out there. Um, a lot of people... Don't like New Year's. I'm one of those people because you get a bunch of amateurs out there going pro, trying to drink their asses off. Um, just be safe out there, folks. Um, enjoy UFC 232. 
Uh, I enjoy the Ryzen show, which in North America they will not be airing the Floyd Mayweather versus Tension Nasakawa match, which Mark is bummed. Yeah, we'll bummed. find it. It'll be out there. Um, well, that's good to know. Um, yeah, uh, back next year, folks. Um, and the next show we do, we plan on giving out our awards for 2018. And we figure waiting until January 7th gives me plenty of time to, f- to rip everybody else's shows off so we can actually build a proper list of nominees. Well, we'll gonna, it. Just we saying right now, it's going to be real hard for anybody anybody to beat Yair Rodriguez for knockout of the year. And it's going to be something else, Bobby. And it's going to be real hard for somebody to beat Derek Lewis t- saying his balls were hot for uh, quote of the year. So... Uh, yeah. Um, see you guys next year. Um, we really appreciate you guys. I mean, say this all the time, but send here. We really appreciate you guys listening to the show. We just do this for fun. Um, we don't make a fucking dime. Um, I sent everybody the bill for 2018 already, so they can attest to this. We don't make a fucking dime doing this. We just do it because we like to. And um, the UFC is doing their best to make it so we don't. So when it all falls apart and we end up doing a podcast about video games and pro wrestling, just know we warned you. Um, Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you next year. And peace out. See you. See you guys. Have a good one, everybody.